Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Welcome back from the bye week. Hope everybody had a great time. I loved the time off, enjoyed Philadelphia, reveled in the celebration of the city, and in the fact that the Eagles have won two straight games. Watched some football, saw the Giants beat Washington, and of course, Dallas coming short against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good game, though, and, and give you some hope for the NFC East and what it could be. So much of the league kind of pointing at the NFC East and saying, what is that? Well, what it is, is a division where the Eagles lead at 3-4-1 with a chance on Sunday to further their lead. Kind of a stranglehold, if you will. With eight games to go in the regular season, the Eagles have a one-and-a-half game lead over Washington in the division. Of course, those two teams played late in the season at Lincoln Financial Field, the conclusion of the regular season. So the Eagles, for the second time in just a couple of weeks here, and for three weeks, on Sunday play the Giants at MetLife Stadium. The Giants are playing much better football. This will be a tough game. Something to watch out for. And in just a bit here, we'll get our first look at the New York Giants from John Schmelk, Giants.com. Before that, though, had a chance this week to talk to a couple of young, rising talents on the roster. And when you talk about the Eagles, you always go, okay, how are they looking in 2020? What are they going to look like in 2021? And down the line, where is all of this young talent? I think we've seen through the first half of the season Wide receiver is a position that, in a most unusual way, has pretty much transitioned from veterans to a really, really young group. Although we'll see Alshon Jeffrey hopefully back on the field this week. There are pieces on the offensive line that have transitioned, including one of those players that we'll talk to today, Jordan Malata. Great story. On and off the field. But some young offensive linemen who are coming around. Running back, Miles Sanders in his second season. Dallas Goddard, a young player. Offense has some young, talented players who the Eagles need to continue to develop and hope that they just continue to produce. Now, on the defensive side, not as many young players. I guess you could point to Josh Sweat and what he's done at defensive end. The defensive tackles, pretty veteran group. Linebackers, some young players we really haven't seen a lot of. Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, two of the rookies. How about TJ Edwards? Second-year player from Wisconsin. Wasn't drafted. Opened the season as a starter. Got hurt at San Francisco. And hadn't played until the Dallas Cowboys game last Sunday night. And in that game, 12 tackles, including this huge play, a strip sack, a fumble scooped up by Rodney McLeod for the touchdown. And the gun, Danucci. Eagles faking the blitz. Now here they come. Danucci back. They've got him. They've got him. Football is out. It's out. And the Eagles are going to pick it up. They're running with the football. And down the sideline, all the way down, it's Jalen Mills. No, it's Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod picked it up. Rodney McLeod on a scoop and score. T.J. Edwards made the hit, yep. and Rodney McLeod picked it up. 
And so you look at TJ Edwards and go, well, maybe he's kind of the player the Eagles need as a playmaking linebacker. Let's begin the podcast right here. Second year man, TJ Edwards, one-on-one. Eagles linebacker TJ Edwards coming off a huge game against the Dallas Cowboys, getting ready for another NFC East game on Sunday against the New York Giants. I'm insider Dave Spadaro. TJ, welcome back from the bye week. Um, what, did it feel good to get away, or are you, you feel like you're in a groove? You want to keep going? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely. It's always good to get away for for a second, um, but it was you know it's good to get back in the building today, start running around, and uh, you know get right back on schedule. What was the game against the Cowboys like for you? What did it do for you? You were around the football, twelve tackles, six unassisted, the big strip sack, forced fumble that Rodney recovered and went to the house with. Um, what was that night like for you? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I just felt um, you know I was just doing my job, uh, playing my gap and. Um, you know, oftentimes I'm, I'm in the middle, so the ball, you know, will come in my gap a, plenty of times. So I, t- I had a lot of chances to make plays and um, was just, you know, technically sound and made them when they came to me. But, you know, nothing uh, too crazy mindset-wise. I just wanted to make sure I was doing my job and, you know, making things happen. It's interesting, TJ, because a lot of people in the media, the fans, they go, whoa, this is a, this is a big moment. This is a breakthrough moment. We now know who TJ Edwards is and we know what he's capable of doing. Do you feel that way? Uh, for me, I, I still feel I'm a long way from where I want to be as a player and uh, in this scheme. You know, I still want to, you know, make sure that I can do whatever I can to help this defense, you know, play well and help this team win. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's easy to say that after, you know, uh, statistically a game like that. But it's, you know, the good ones, they do that consistently. So I'm just I'm just ready to come back to work and, and get right back to it. Is that what you think is like the next step, having that kind of game consistently? That's what gets you, as you said, to where you want to be? Yeah, I just think as, as linebackers in general, as a, as a whole, we want to make sure that we're always, um, you know, the reason, we're never the reason that we lose the game. You know, we want to be the ones that are in control of the communication and, and making sure that everyone's on the same page. And I think that comes with just repetition and chemistry and, and something that we're building right now. Interesting little journey you've had here in two years. Last year, kind of learning your way through the league, through the system. You come in this year, you have high hopes and good start to the season, and then you have the injury. Yep. Uh, and I wonder how you overcame that from a mental standpoint. Yeah, it was uh, it was difficult at first. Uh, I've never really missed any time, any game time for for an injury or anything like that. But it, it was, you know, it was I got to take a step back and, and get in the meeting room and make sure that I'm still mentally uh, preparing, like I'm playing the game. And I think uh, that helped me a lot. For you know, when I came back, I, I knew kind of the the schedule and everything like that, and I got to hop back in and. Once I was able to go, I felt I felt great when I got out there. So I think the mental preparation really, really helped me when I came back. Fans always ask me this question: What do players do when they're on IR? When they're hurt? When they're <laughs> not? What What was your day like? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I would, I would come in the morning. I'd do treatment, and then I'd go uh, be in the meetings and everything like that. And then uh, when the guys were practicing, I would lift. Um, and then when they came back, you know, I'd do some recovery stuff with them, and then. Uh, go right into meetings, and at the end of the day, do some more recovery, and then you know you just kind of repeat that cycle and, and keep that going until you know you're feeling right again. All right, TJ, let's talk about where the Eagles are. This defense is at the midway point of the season. Where, how far I guess has the defense come since day one, and how far will it go between now and the last game of the regular season against Washington? Yeah, I think we came a long way. Um, you know, I think at the beginning you're trying to find your identity in terms of, you know, what the defense is going to look like this year. And as you know, the roster shifts every year, so you're still trying to figure out uh, certain pieces and, and things like that. But I think now I think now everyone has a feel for, you know, where everyone's going to be. And uh, the chemistry, I think, is the, the difference between where we were at the beginning and, and where we are now. And obviously that's something that has to continue to improve. And, and we just have to be 
uh, making sure that we're getting our hands on the ball and, and making plays to help the offense uh, get going. So I think that's kind of one thing that we're, we're looking forward to do. You did not play against the Giants first time around. What do you think about their offense as the perspective that you had from, I guess, up in the press box? Yeah, yeah, I was way up there watching the game. But it was, uh, I think it's a team, you know, I think I think uh, up front they're very good. Uh, great O-line, great backs. Uh, quarterback's shown you that, you know, he's a big threat in the, in the run game. So I think we have to do just a good job of uh, containing him and making sure that we have a, a response to those things that they're going to throw at us. So uh, we're, we're very excited to get back out there and see them again. Give me the human element. Final question here. You, you spent some time up watching the game from the stands, basically, yeah. and you've been on the field with fans. How would you – Wisconsin, of course, yeah. every, they're filling the house. What are the perspectives that you have? What, what was the experience like for you watching it as a fan, kind of, yeah. and then being on the field with 7,500 people in the stands? Yeah, it was uh, it was very different. I think at first when I, you know, I was watching the game, it, it's kind of like you said, I felt like a fan, and you know you hear everything when you're up there in the box, and um, you know just so you, it's really just mentally, it's a whole lot different. And then when you get on the field, and finally, that was really my first time playing with fans this year, so being able to you know hear them and uh, you hear them loud and clear, especially in Philly. So it was uh, yeah. it's a it's a good feeling to be back, and it's good to have them back uh, in a you know in the least way we can. So it's uh, it's been really cool to you know see everyone back in there. Hey, it's good to have you back at the linebacker position for the Eagles. They certainly missed you when you were out. Stay healthy, stay productive, go beat the Giants. Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for having me. TJ, thank you. I mentioned him earlier, Jordan Melotta. Okay, we all know the story, right? Australian rugby player, went to Florida as a developmental prospect for the NFL. Eagles went down there and worked him out. Loved him. Jeff Stoutland, crazy about Jordan Melotta. Here's general manager Howie Roseman. You know, we're very fortunate to have Jeff Stalin as our offensive line coach. And uh, when we were in the draft room and decided to trade two seventh-round picks for a rugby player, and he said out loud, it's, it's kind of funny. And uh, you saw him in the offseason, and the strides that he's taken have just been incredible. And you saw it in the Cleveland game. You saw it against the Jets. He just gets better and better. It's so hard to find guys who are 6'8 and 360 pounds who can run like that. Um, who have the core strength that he does. And, you know, certainly there's no guarantees, but we want to develop players. And when you can find guys at hard-to-find positions to develop, it gets you excited. Anyway, Melotta came out in that first preseason, 2018, gained a lot of attention. But for the most part, really, Eagles didn't know a lot about him. He played in both preseasons and spent both regular seasons on injured reserve. Now he's on the field. And we've seen him in eight games and five starts. Four at left tackle last Sunday at right tackle against the Dallas Cowboys. But I've known Jordan since he came in and behind the scenes, a little different. Malata would be one of our guests at season ticket member outings. He went on a beach blitz trip. Engaging personality. If you remember, quite a great singer as well. You know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. Do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it goes. All of the other reindeers used to laugh and call him names. They never let Paul Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, 
Santa came to say, Rudolph, if you're no so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Anyway, now it's all about football for Jordan Malata, who I had a chance to talk to on Monday. He's back from the bye, and he's looking to be even better than he was against the Cowboys. What is the limit for Jordan Malata? It's one of the questions I asked him here in this one-on-one. The great Jordan Malata experiment, well, it seems to be paying off for Jordan and for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hello, everyone. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with Eagles offensive tackle Jordan Malata. Jordan, how are you, man? I'm great. Spuds, how are you, man? I haven't talked to you at all. Um, Good, good. So here's my theory with you. Um, For two years, you were kind of this very uh, unusual package. Nobody really knew what to make of you. We would, you know, you would come to these events and you'd sing and do this. And now you're a football player who's playing well on the field. And I, I got to believe that that makes you feel so proud, proud of the accomplishments that you've made, the strides that you've made, showing that you're not just a, a long shot, a spectacle, a, if you will, quote unquote, a freak. You're a, you're a football player. You, you're a football player now. Am I right? Thanks. Say thanks, buds. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I always remind myself of how far I've come, but I uh, always then tell myself, like, you know, still got a long way to go. Still got so much more to work on. So, understood. Yeah. Understood. But it, it it must make you feel like you have value to the football team after a couple of years where you were yeah. on injured reserve, and it was and it was very different. And you really didn't know if you were going to make it to this point. Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. Yeah, I do feel like I, I bring value to this organization and team. I feel like I can be a, someone that they can trust, you know, in, in, in situations. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it makes me feel great. How much more do you think is in you? How much better do you think you will become? Oh, mate, sky's the limit for me. Um, I can only put in as much as I can uh, to be better than the person I was yesterday. So... Um, Learning from mistakes is going to be is going to be my my biggest challenge. You know, how is the is the technique dealing with veterans' technique? Is that kind of is that kind of where you are now? Just really refining your technique, making sure it doesn't break down, and understanding what other players are trying to do to you. Yeah, exactly. That's that's that pretty much it. Just just trying to um, um, how I can sharpen my tools against another player and how they play, how they're going to read me, and how they're going to play the run. Jordan, before you were drafted, we saw a video of you playing in Australia, playing rugby in Australia, <laughs> literally running over people like me. And, and I wonder, <laughs> <Like me. laughs> the, I wonder what the feeling is like from a physical standpoint, doing that versus just destroying somebody on a run play and Carson Wentz scores a touchdown. Can you compare the, the physical gratification of those two moments? Yeah, yeah I always say you know, rugby is definitely a tough sport. Um, I'll never take that for granted, but... Um, just the impact, even though everything's such like a short, you know, like six seconds, and uh, you know, it's a lot of stop and start. Even though it's a stop and start, man, the six seconds of just pure effort, hundred percent, is a lot, and, and and it's sore on the body. Yeah, yeah, it makes you it makes your joints uh, ache, makes everything your muscles ache. Trying to uh, you know move a man against his will from point A to point B is you know the hardest thing you can do, and to do that for you know, what, what they say like. Well, was there, 60 minutes? I mean, it's crazy. And, and for, for you, I remember um, after the preseason, I guess it was last year, and you played a lot in the preseason, 
and you were beat up at the end of that preseason. Your body has become conditioned, right? Your, your body's become conditioned to this, hasn't it? Or it's in the process of becoming yeah, conditioned. Yeah, no, it's, it's conditioned. Uh, yeah, I was beat up last year's training camp was, was gruel, uh, grueling. Uh, you know, making the transition from left to right was uh, the biggest challenge I had to overcome. And, and then once I got comfortable there, you know, just started piling on the reps, piling the reps on, and yeah, now I, I feel like my body's you know accustomed and, and and conditioned. How much fun are you having, Jordan? Oh, so much more fun, Spud. Yeah, so much more fun. When you know what you're doing, and you enjoy it. Have you had a lot of feedback? I wonder from friends, family, even from countrymen and women and kids in Australia who now recognize you as an American football player, not as an Australian rugby player. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I get a couple messages here and there from everyone back home, uh, even just random fans, even like Australian fans, just telling me, uh, you know, they're proud of the Australian Australian rugby guy yeah. uh, playing football now for the Eagles and becoming a football player. So. Do your parents understand the game of football? Uh, I'm not sure about mom, but my dad does now. Okay. My dad does it all night, studying, <laughs> watching all the film. Like. Yeah, so, so a 1 o'clock game in America, in Philadelphia, is 1 o'clock in the morning in Australia? Is it a 12-hour difference? 1 o'clock, no. It's, it'll be, uh, now it'll be 5 a.m. If a 1 p.m. game here, it'll be 5 a.m. in the morning. Back home in Australia, they're 14 and, hours ahead. Okay, and they're and your family's staying up to watch every bit of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 14. Did I say 14? Yeah, no, you said 14 hours. 16. 16 hours. 16. Do they? Mate, you know what? Oh, yeah, 16. Dude, you're 16. so American now that you don't even I know, know what I time you're in Australia. <laughs> All right, final thing. Uh, let's, Jordan. What, what was the bye week like for you? What do you do now the rest of the rest of the way here? What did, What are the next steps for Jordan Malata? Bye week is awesome. That was a good uh, time to just relax and just. Uh, yeah, get the body right, get the mind right, and just catch up with people. Uh, we're not really much catching up to do, really, because uh, can't do anything. But um, yeah, had time with the missus um, and my son George, a little puppy now. So oh, congratulations! A lot of walks with my son George. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, now moving forward, it's the same same plan. Every t every, every time that I've said, you know, I've got to a point where I'm happy, but I'm never satisfied. Still got a lot to work on. Just got to work on my technique. Uh, work on uh, um, my body as well, keeping my body fresh, making sure that you know, when I'm transitioning left and right, wherever they need me, I'm able to do that. You know, I don't have any you know, discrepancies and, and, and weaknesses. I mean, in three years' time, you've basically gone from somebody who, no offense, didn't know the rules of the game of the NFL. Oh, here we go. Right? And now you're playing both <laughs> left and right side. This is, this is great progress, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks, bud. Jordan Malata, appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday against the New York Giants. Good luck. Thanks, Bring man. Home a win. Take care. The Giants are coming off their second win of the season, both of them against the Washington football team. Of course, we remember back on October 22nd, the Eagles coming from behind. They were down 21-10 in the fourth quarter. And then these two big plays happened. Wentz rolling, looking, firing, complete. Touchdown, Eagles. Greg Ward. Just using the speed to outflank the defense. They send Greg Ward on a motion, and on the motion, he just outruns everybody to the pylon, and Carson Wentz hits him with a strike, and he holds on. Wentz is back. He's looking, still looking. He starts to go. He is firing. Scott, touchdown! Boston Scott! What a catch. Corner at the goal line and went in. What a catch. What a throw. What a catch. It's a back shoulder throw by Carson Wentz. And little Boston Scott somehow finds the football 
What a throw. What a catch. This is amazing. The Eagles got out of there with a win. Their first of two consecutive in the NFC East. The Giants are a different team. Let's get our first look at this 2-7 and seven New York Giants team. My buddy John Schmelk, Giants.com. John, the last time we spoke, which was, by the way, not very long ago, we were no, kind of, <laughs> we were kind of, and it always seems that way with us. We, we were talking about how the Giants had an inconsistent offense, um, offensive line problems, a good defensive line. I mean, it was such a parallel to what the Eagles have gone through. And I just feel like the picture is different for the Giants now. Do you agree with that? Do you think that things have brightened considerably since the Eagles and Giants met? is playing better and more consistently, but I also think that Jason Garrett's done a very good job the last few games, including to appoint the game against Philadelphia, in adjusting the game plan to help the offensive line out, Dave. So they're doing a lot of quick game, get the ball out of his hand very quickly, under two seconds. They're running a lot of play action. They're running a lot of RPOs, a lot of mass protection to try to give that offensive line some help. In the last game, for example, there were, I believe, about a dozen or so passes where Jones held it for more than two and a half seconds. He got sacked four times on those plays. So when he has to hold it, the offensive line is still having some issues holding up in protection. But they've done a really nice job of getting the ball out of his hand quickly and doing those other things to try to keep some pressure off that offensive line. And and another point, they've run the ball a lot better. They had over 150 rushing yards against Washington in in their win on Sunday, which is keeping the Giants out of third and longs. On third and five and a few yards, they were six or seven on third downs on Sunday. But on third downs of six or more yards, they were 0 of seven. So that's how they're trying to mitigate some of those issues up front. They are playing better, but I think Jason Garrett's done a great job of protecting that front and not putting the quarterback in situations where he's going to face some pressure, has to feel the pressure of making big plays, which can sometimes lead to turnovers and mistakes. John, the Giants had the Eagles by 11 points midway through the fourth quarter and let it slip away. Obviously, we felt like we came and stole it to, from you, but took it from you. Um, but I wonder what the takeaway was. What, what did the what did the how did the team react to that loss? Uh, not great. I mean, it's just been a house of horrors for the Giants in Philadelphia over the past you know half dozen years or so. They just can't win down there, and frankly, they really haven't beat Philadelphia well in the last dozen years. I think what is it, twenty one out of twenty six days? Yeah, if, some um, of that. Really serves me right. Yeah, eight, eight straight. Great. Yeah, eight straight, and I think something like twenty one out of twenty six, something like that. Yeah, it's not good. So, obviously, the Giants took that poorly, and it was unfortunately a continuation of a trend where the Giants lost games close and late. You go to the Tampa game, close and late. The Dallas game, close and late. So, the Giants have had issues closing out games. They hope they solve that puzzle a little bit against Washington this past Sunday, getting two interceptions on consecutive possessions to hold on to that win. So the Giants hope they've turned the corner a little bit in closing out those games, but that eagle loss at the end was a continuation of a historical trend. Last year they had a similar game, right, where the Giants led by couple scores in the second half, and the Eagles came back and won. But they hope they're starting to solve that problem this year with this current team as they get some more experience together. How has Daniel Jones progressed? I mean, he certainly hurt the Eagles with the big run, made some throws, and really, honestly, had um, you converted on a third down when I think it was Ingram had the open ball yeah. in his fingertips. That might have been a different story there. How, how, do, how do people feel about Daniel Jones? Oh, yeah. If Evan Ingram catches that ball, Dave, 
but he, he dropped it, so it wasn't. And, and that's how it goes. You have to execute to win these games. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is playing better. He's starting, or at least in this past game, a big criticism after the Tampa game was trying to keep plays along, uh, alive too long. There are two plays where Tampa pass rushers are hanging off of him. He tries to con- you know, make these 10 to 15-yard throws. I think that might sound familiar to Eagles fans that have watched Carson Wentz the last couple of years. And he simply did not able to get enough juice on, on the ball, and they were picked off. And there are plays that he simply needs to give up on, and he wasn't giving up on them. Now, he showed some progress. At the end of the Tampa game, he threw one ball away. At, in the Washington game, he threw a couple balls away. Uh, he took a couple sacks instead of trying to force balls down the field. Now, easier to do that when you're leading 20-3 to and you don't feel the pressure to make a play. And he also did have a fumble against Washington, but he's able to recover it on a play. So the problems are getting better. They're not there yet. He's missed a couple throws downfield the last couple of weeks that they hope to clean up. But the quicker he gets rid of the ball and the better decisions he makes, the better off he'll be. It's a work in progress. He's improving, but he's not where he needs to be yet in terms of ball protection. It seems from a skill position standpoint, you've got Slayton, Shepard's healthy. Alex Mack has the big game. Golden Tate, I would assume, comes back for this game. Goleman has filled in nicely for Freeman. Is Freeman coming back this week? I mean, skill position-wise, give me the overview. Yeah, we'll see about Freeman. I'm not sure. Alfred Morris continues his NFC East tour. All he's got left is the Eagles, and he's 4 for 4 by the way. So, yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on that if I were you guys <laughs> yeah. down there. Uh, but uh, he, he played well last week. He ran over some guys. He showed some power. Wayne Gallman's been very good. The offensive line has kind of gotten into a bit of a rhythm, running the football a little bit. They've gone away from a lot of the outside zone stuff. It's more power, counter, some inside zone, some duo, double team, stuff like that. So they've run the ball better. Uh, the wide receiver position is certainly better now. Uh, Sterling Shepard makes a real difference. He creates separation. He's a tough cover in the slot. Uh, Darius Slayton, though, Darius Slay did a great job shutting him down a few weeks ago in that first game. He's their big play and deep threat guy. And Golden Tate was held out of that game last week because of disciplinary reasons against Washington. Uh, he kind of yelled into the camera, throw me the ball after a touchdown. Then there were some Instagram things with he and his wife. So uh, he should be back this week and should play. So even without Saquon Barkley, which is a problem, and obviously you know you can't replace Saquon, the skill position guys are coming together. Evan Ingram is another weapon. He still has some drop issues. You mentioned the Philly drop. He had a drop this past week against Washington down the stretch on a third and long that could have helped, you know, keep the game a little bit less dramatic, but he dropped it, so that's something he has to work on. Uh, but the skill position players are certainly in a better spot now than they were when the Giants first faced Philly uh, back on October 22nd. Where is this defense, John? Five takeaways against Washington, yet, um, you know, you look at the Eagles game, uh, the way it kind of fell apart for them in the last couple of drives. Tampa Bay, tough game, uh, but a good battle against Tom Brady. How do you feel the Giants match up in this one on Sunday? Yeah, this is the strength of the Giants team right now. It's their defense. And I have to give the coaching staff and defensive coordinator Patrick Graham a lot of credit because if you look at the talent, they don't have one edge rusher that would probably even crack the Eagles' rotation. You guys run out so many different you know, edge rushers. You guys do a great job with that. And the secondary is extremely inexperienced outside of James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, and Jabril Pepper. So they don't have the quarterbacks to really cover one-on-one. And Patrick Graham, who's from that Patriot lineage, I think if you injected him with truth serum, he'd tell you, I'd like to play a lot more man-to-man defense. Well, he hasn't been stubborn. He's looked at this team and said, you know what, if we're going to succeed, we have to play a lot of zone. I think 
think last week against Washington, Dave, I think they played only four or five plays when they were in cover one, and they played like 80% of their plays in either cover two or cover three. So they play a lot of zone defense, and for the most part, they've done a good job of preventing big plays in that zone and keeping things in front of them. They stop the run with just their linebackers and defensive linemen. They don't bring that extra safety into the box. They don't feel they have to, and they've done a good job stopping them on their top five run defense, just 3.7 yards per carry, and they stay back in the zone and try to prevent big plays. They'll try to disguise those zone coverages so teams don't know what's coming. Uh, by being able to keep those two safeties deep, it allows them to run those type of disguises. And this defense and their ability to prevent those big plays has kept them in games. Now, to your point, at the end of games, when other teams go into must-pass mode, much like the Eagles did in that win a couple weeks ago, they still struggle because they lack that really, you know, war daddy to quote Jerry Jones' pass rusher off the edge to get to the quarterback, and they lack those guys that can lock up one-on-one. They're 23rd in the league in pass yards allowed per play. That's not good enough. So they're straight to stopping the run. They use zone a lot in coverage to prevent big plays. But they do have trouble closing out games. Alex Smith, for example, took over 300 yards last week. So you can move the ball on them, but they like to prevent big plays and do well in the red zone to try to keep teams' um, point levels down. Yeah, well, hey, John, here we go. Another one, Eagles-Giants. Uh, NFC is still <laughs> wide open. I, I think we'll see something crazy because something crazy always happens. And uh, may, the, may the best team on Sunday win. It should be a fun game. Uh, the one thing, even though the series has been lopsided, Dave, these games have often been very close. So hopefully at around 3.55 on, on Sunday, both fan bases will be locked into another close game. I always expect something crazy against the Giants. I'll miss not going up to MetLife Stadium. Love the press box. Love the sandwiches, the 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 um, the rye bread that you have there. Oh, my God, I love it so much up there. I've seen so many crazy games Dave, up in the Meadowlands. Dave, Dave, I know. I, 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 I was pretzel-less down in Philadelphia four weeks ago. It was <laughs> awful. I, I hated not being there. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, hopefully by this time next year we are rocking and rolling in person. And I really thank you for your time, John. No, Dave, anytime. Always happy to be with you. You're the man. Take care. Raise a glass to that comforting feeling of an Eagles touchdown with the all-new Broad and Patterson Wine Collection created in partnership with Wink. Featuring a Cabernet, a Rosé, and a Chardonnay, Broad and Patterson wines are the perfect pairing for any occasion. Now you can bring the sweet taste of victory with you to a dinner with friends or to the tailgate with your game day crew. Purchase online today at philadelphiaeagles.com wine to stock up and have Broad and Patterson delivered right to your door. A portion of proceeds from every bottle benefit Eagles Autism Foundation. Tired of searching for sports updates in different places? The Xfinity Sports Zone gives you the ultimate sports hub experience where you can find games, news, and highlights all in one place right on your TV. Follow the teams you love across your favorite sports. You can even use the voice remote to access stats and scores. With the Xfinity Sports Zone, everybody wins. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store for details. Restrictions apply. Requires Xfinity TV service with X1. Don't miss your chance to be in the stands at Lincoln Financial Field this season with an Eagles fan cutout. Put on your game day best and upload a photo of yourself so that you can still join us on game days. Fan cutouts printed by Rico are only $100 with net proceeds benefiting Eagles Autism Foundation. Your purchase will also waive the registration fee for the 2021 Eagles Autism Challenge event. Order yours at philadelphiaeagles.com slash cutouts. 
That will do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Trevor Hayes, Peter Kelly, and Ray Doyle for their work. Thanks to all of you for joining me here each and every episode. I'm back on Friday with our tailgate edition. If you have a moment to give us a five-star review, check it out in the details section of your podcast description. We're back from the bye week, eight games to go. Just how good are these Philadelphia Eagles? We're going to find out. After the Giants game, a stretch of teams above 500, Super Bowl contenders included. The Eagles need to step up their game starting Sunday at MetLife Stadium. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining me here on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! We want you to know about all the podcasts in the Eagles network of podcasts. So make sure you tune in to not only this Eagles Insider Podcast three times a week, but make sure you subscribe and listen to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, our Journey to the Draft podcast Tuesday and Thursday, and our Eagles Update podcasts, which give you the news in a flash Monday through Saturday throughout this 2020 season. Sign up, subscribe, and listen to our Eagles network of podcasts.